Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Talofa and welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week... On Thursday, the chairman called me in his office and um, he just uh, told me that the board made a decision to appoint me as the new head coach for the Fiji Bati. Fiji Rugby League appoints a new coach with old ties. COVID-19 continues to create challenges for the upcoming Pacific mini-games and Fiji football looks to the future. First up... Josiah Dakui-Tonga has been appointed head coach of the Fiji Bati Rugby League team for a second time. The 55-year-old previously coached the Bati at the 2008 World Cup. He replaces Brandon Coston, who resigned last week for family reasons, and admits the offer came as a shock. Uh, last week on Thursday, the chairman called me in his office and um, he just uh, told me that the board made a decision to appoint me as the new head coach for the Fiji Bati, and the announcement was made on Monday. Uh, you almost weren't given a choice. They basically told you you had the job. Yes. So, like, first I was shocked because uh, for the last two years, like, uh, my focus was on grassroots development here in Fiji. And uh, to be given another chance to lead the Fiji team is a great honour for me and my family. Yeah, and obviously the opportunity came about because Brandon Coston has resigned, uh, I think, for family reasons. Is, is he still in Fiji or has he gone home to Australia? Uh, he's in Australia. I want to acknowledge uh, Brendan Costin for his uh, recommendation to the board for me to take up the job. So, and I want to thank him for all the things that he's done here in Fiji and where the standard that he changed to lift the uh, Fiji Mbati standard. Like for the last uh, few games that he coached, we managed to qualify in the Tier 1 competition. Supposed to happen this year, but uh, COVID-19 stopped everything. And I want to thank him for like for taking charge for the Fijian party. So my job now is to continue where he left off. Yeah, because I guess previously there'd been uh, coaches of the party had been based in Australia, whereas Brandon actually moved over to Fiji and you know was working with not just the national team, but you know the whole sort of uh, rugby league structure in Fiji. So that's a, a commitment that you know a lot of. Uh, offshore-based coaches wouldn't have made that he, that he did. Yes, uh, that's what I said. I want to acknowledge him for all his uh, hard work that uh, he did here in Fiji, especially the development of the, like the coaches, the metro officials, and the, like the, try to change the way the, uh, our, our structure, our Vodafone Cup competition. And we are very, very, very fortunate that we have the KBT Sigtails now for the pathway for our Fiji local players to play in the Ron Messi Cup. And so what do you think, Joe, is the key going forward from here now into the World Cup next year? Because you, of course, were the coach back in 2008 when Fiji made the semi-finals of a World Cup for the first time. <coughs> They've now done it three consecutive World Cups. Uh, how do you progress from that point? I've just tried to keep on doing what we've been doing now, what, what Brendan has left behind. So for me, i try to continue the good job and uh, develop more local players in our, like, KVT Sigtes, like uh, the 
for the previous World Cup, there's only one or two players from Fiji in the domestic comp that uh, made in the World Cup. So this year I'll try to change the way we run things. And I'm so blessed to have uh, like Fijian players that play in the NRL competition. And Brandon has uh, like put a team together in the uh, Oceania Cup uh, last year. From that team, like I tried to build up on that team because they're all young players from Australia. And I tried to add some flavor here in Fiji, some young players in Fiji in the KV Sigtel squad to make up a team that will prepare us for the 22 World Cup. So like our previous squad now, I think the only old host there is, West Neng- is Kevin Nengama. So the rest, I think the all young players, the likes of Bill Kikau, uh, Mika Rabarawa, and some of, and few other players that I have there, Michael Sivo, and uh, looking forward for these young players that come through to the Mbati system, like to try to build up a, like a young team to prepare us for this coming World Cup. So the first game is again in Australia, so we're looking forward to that uh, first game. Uh, and, and you mentioned uh, the Kaveti Silktails. Obviously, Wes Nogama is going to be one of your assistant coaches, so obviously he's the head coach of the Silktails, so that provides a, a good sort of uh, connection between the two squads, the, the Silktails and the, and the Bati, in terms of that local development you're talking about. Yes, like uh, I want to thank uh, the board, like for to point West Nengama and uh, Steve Driscoll, like they are the ones that are running the KVT Sigtails program. Yeah, I try to work hard with the rest. Like at the moment, we are doing, we are training 90, 90 elite players, 30 from the west, 30 in Singapore, and 30 here in in the Eastern Conference. So from these 90 players, with uh, West Nengama will go around and try to select the best. 30 players that will be contacted in this uh, KVT Sigtails uh, team that will participate in the 2021 Run Mercy Cup. And uh, Joe, obviously, as you mentioned, the Oceania Cup looks like it won't go ahead this year. Do you, do you have any idea on when the Bati might be able to play again at this point? There's rumours going around that we'll be playing in November, so I'm not sure about that. I'll try to find it out. So at the moment... All the Stephen Driscoll and Joey Sakuru, the coaching staff for the World Cup, are looking after our overseas base players. And uh, myself and uh, Wes will look after the local base players here in Fiji. Yeah, because I guess you'd need the borders to reopen, wouldn't you? Because a lot of your players are in yeah. Australia and you'd have to presumably play the game in Australia or, or New Zealand. Or Obviously, the NRL has been continuing. You, you mentioned the likes of Mike Sivo, who's been in outstanding form, as always, for, for Parramatta. How much have you enjoyed watching uh, Fiji's players uh, over the last couple of two to three months since the NRL has returned? And uh, has anything stood out for you? I'm excited, brother. I'm very excited to watch, uh, like every week, to see the Fijian players playing in the NRL Cup, especially the Kikau and Apisai Korisau. They've been playing tremendously well every weekend, week out, every week. So I'm very excited to see all these players playing, especially the likes of Mike Sivo, uh, Mika Ravalawa, and there's a new coming Fijian Batistas for Canberra Raiders, uh, Semi Valemei. So these are some of the players that we are eyeing to be part of this team in the World Cup. I'm, I'm very excited to see them progress from uh, New South Wales Cup players to be, become the NRL players uh, at the moment. And as I said, I'm very excited to see that, watch them every week. That's the Fiji Bati Rugby League coach, Josiah Dakui-Tonga. A new date for the Pacific mini-games in the Northern Marianas is still to be decided as COVID-19 continues to cause havoc with major sporting events. The multi-sport games were originally scheduled to be staged in Saipan in June next year, but with the Olympic Games delayed until the following month, the CNMI were asked to explore other options. The mini-games oversight committee indicated in April they intended to move the event to 2022, but Pacific Games Council Chief Executive Andrew Minogue says no final decision has been made. 
they have, you know, basically closed their schools since I think March or April of this year. So they due to be reopening for the new school year very soon, but whether they can do that or not, I don't know. And in my discussions with them, you know, we, we need the schools for the games. That's where we house the athletes and accommodate the delegations. So um, they're looking at sort of making up time for their school system over the next year or two. Uh, and that's a complicating factor in trying to find time to, to stage the games in a way that we can we can house all the athletes. So one thing we are finding with our membership uh, with our Olympic committees around the Pacific is they're all very um, understanding. They they know the situation. They know the problems that everyone's facing. They've had their own Olympic Games this year postponed in Tokyo and I think appreciate that we're in a difficult period. So we continue to work through that with uh, with our friends in Saipan and, and hopefully we'll find a, a resolution to that fairly soon. Is there any further advice or sort of, you know, uh, discussions that yourselves or the various associations in the region can have or or is it just a case of kind of like Joe Public here just kind of sit back and and that's kind of at the government international levels and you guys just sort of wait to see how the universe you know plays out and and follow suit you know we're very much guided by government protocols around travel we you know I don't think any of us see ourselves as a special case warranting exemptions to be able to travel you know, at this point in time, and maybe that changes next year. You know, if we can get the Olympic Games going in Tokyo and delegations can find a way to travel to Tokyo for that, might sort of open up some processes. But right at the moment, I think we're very much respectful and guided by uh, the protocols that our, our respective governments have put in place for travel. Mm. Um, yeah. We're lucky, I think, for us uh, in the Games in the sense that, you know, our our next major games is in June of 2023, and it would be, I think, conceivable to have the mini games postponed by six to 12 months. I think that is achievable. Um, so we're lucky in the sense that we got through our main games last year in Samoa before any of this happened, and I think we've probably got a little bit of time before we have to consider some sort of serious alternatives. Yeah, uh, in terms of Saipan, the you know one of the initial concerns was obviously. The government backing it initially, they pulled out, then they recommitted, and the intended games was sort of scaled down, and and now there's talk about scaling it slightly up again. Um, and in the context of COVID-19, and, and the fact that all governments are, you know, responding to their their citizens and and putting a hell of a lot of their resources into that, are you still have you still been assured that uh, Saipan want these games uh, whenever they may be? Yeah, we're in direct contact with the governor on these issues around the schools and the timing of games and. Um, he has indicated directly in correspondence with, with us, with our president, Vidya uh, Lakhan, that um, it is still very much a priority for his administration to host uh, the mini games. They're just looking for the best you know, possible opportunity and circumstance to be able to do it. Um, and that's a very encouraging thing because I think you would have seen, you know, there are events around the world that are, you know, have, having to lose the support of their their hosts because of this situation and um, it is sort of a, a potential out for a host nation of an event to say, look, we can't do it because of um, the, the problems of COVID-19. But right at the moment, um, that's not our experience with Saipan. They've got a big budget uh, problem given that tourism revenue is so integral to their, their national economy and the, the tourism numbers have dried right up. But at this stage, they're, they're very much hoping they can still do it. That's Pacific Games Council Chief Executive Officer Andrew Minogue.
The Fiji men's football team are using the COVID-19 shutdown as an opportunity to blood new players and tweak their tactics ahead of next year's FIFA World Cup qualifiers. A 30-man training squad went into camp in Mbar this week under new head coach Fleming Seretslev, with around half the players yet to play for the Buller boys at senior level. I feel I have a very good overview of the, the players available. I mean, uh, who could be names for the national team. Uh, I've seen a lot of matches until now. Uh, no, we had uh, this tournament called Battle of the Giants where I could watch 12 matches in three days. It has, it has actually been, uh, it has been good for me. What, what, what are you hoping to get out of this first week here, uh, Fleming? Because as you say, uh, great to have the players together, but you know, as it stands with the borders at the moment, the prospect of international matches are still you know, a, a way away. So what, what are you hoping to achieve throughout this week? Really, we are working very much on uh, our playing side, maybe you know from P&D, but I, I really prefer to play a, a fast game on the ground. I mean, the fast combination where you don't touch the ball so many times. It's not about playing long balls uh, at all, but of course, we have the philosophy that if you can play the ball forward to a teammate, then we play forward. We are not uh, resting very much uh, in defence and midfield with the ball. If we see the opportunity to play forward, we play forward. It's obviously very popular at the moment to to play a high-pressing sort of a game. Uh, do, you, do you anticipate anything like that with Fiji, or is that something you think might suit these players? No, We'll try to do uh, as we did with P&D, that we are able to play as well a high pressing as we tried to do in the Nations Cup final against uh, New Zealand, but also play with uh, with a low pressing depending on which team we are meeting. I actually have the philosophy that if we are meeting a very strong team, uh, then we press very high, try to stress uh, this opponent from the beginning. Whereas if we are facing so-called, and I say, and I mean so-called smaller nations, maybe we would go a bit back to create space behind their defending line. The World Cup qualifiers, it's hoped that they will uh, start in March next year, which I guess in many respects feels a long way away, but the way it's gone with COVID, it's probably not that far away. Uh, are you optimistic that um, we might, might get some international football by then, maybe? Yeah, we will not. Uh, I'm sure we will not have any international football uh, this year. We will have no friendly games this year, but... Uh, we really hope that, uh, that the situation has eased so we could have friendly games in, uh, in February before we eventually play uh, qualifiers in March. So there's a hope that you can arrange some international friendlies in February. Is that, is that the hope? Yeah, it's really the hope. Hopefully it depends on the situation. If, uh, if we can go out of Fiji or if the teams can come into Fiji without being counted. And, and are there are there countries that you guys are already in discussions with on that? Is it likely to be you know within no, Oceania? I, I, or? Believe, I believe uh, yeah, I believe that uh, the FA already is speaking to uh, Tahiti because I think they they have been uh, facing each other uh, before here in uh, no in maybe in Tahiti or somewhere. Else. It looks as if uh, Tahiti could be a possibility to come here and play. But exactly something you have to speak with our CEO, Mr. Yusuf, about it. Uh, he who is doing the contacts there. Indeed. And, and but I would, be happy, I would be happy to play uh, Tahiti because it's a strong team they have. And uh, so Roy Krishna is obviously re-signed in India, but he's obviously still in the country, right? Yeah, he's in the country. And he is, it's the first camp that he's participating in the period where I've been the head coach here. So, as you said, we almost have the, all players available uh, for this camp. It's very good. Indeed, and uh, you know he's someone that's usually obviously off overseas, so I know he loves coming home, but to, to have him in the country for an yeah. extended period of time must be nice for 
all the other guys in the squad who you know obviously look up to him and what he's achieved? As far as I know, they have asked him to come back uh, end of the next month. But again, it's, I'm sure it's depending on the situation in, in India, where some, at least in some places, the situation is not very good. Did you simply go for the 30 best players you had available, or did you have an eye on the future as well? No, we have uh, very much uh, an eye on the future. And, uh, there might be uh, players who are even as good as some of those that uh, I have selected. But in, in case they are equal, so to say, I select the, the younger player because we also have to have the future in mind, as you are saying. And we really, yeah, we have uh, really a lot of uh, players between uh, 19 and 23. That's the Fiji men's football coach, Fleming Seretslev. And that's the World of Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. For more, head to our website, rnzi.com.